Buenos tardes. Bienvenidos. Fuck. <laughs> Welcome to uh, episode 101 of the Sunday Conversation Podcast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you can see my Duolingo lessons aren't going great, but uh, here we are, another week in the trenches, but not really. More like the beaches of uh, Costa Rica. Well, that must and be nice. in New Haven. And don't forget about New Haven. Where it's 37 degrees and raining. So, yeah, things are great here. Um, us, us, we do the podcast. And we yeah. are sponsored by Loyalty Liquors for 101 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, how the hell are you, bro? Besides 37 and raining. That sounds like shit, but it yeah. could be worse. Listen. I'm the type of person where like, this is cool with me. You know, I went and did some things I had to get done today. Uh, and, uh, you know, so for me, it's fine, whatever. And I'm, I'm buying a, a truffle on a black truffle on the black market later. So, you know, fucking a man, I don't need, I don't need no it to be way. sunny for that. Um, hold on. We're going <laughs> to, how did you go about that? Is that, let me, Ben, I'm going to, we'll, we will get to that point. All right. Let me regale you. The, it's, it's a week. Venison wrap, man. Right, exactly. So let's kind of get into that because I, I told you what my plan is, but the way that whole thing kind of came together is kind of a wild story. So Tuesday, coincidentally, is the was the 14 year anniversary of when I started working uh, for my grandfather full time. So when I started working in the liquor industry full time, I'm in an account. Excuse me, I'm hey, walking. Hey, go ahead. Congratulations. Congrats. Thanks. That's a bro. lot of years. A lot of years. Um, Congrats. That's a lot of years. Yeah, that would make Congrats. me a, a master by the 10,000 hours rule, like three times over. Um, that, that is true. So I go to walk into this account. Now, a guy walks in right before me, big dude, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, walks in right before me. You know, he kind of is standing in the doorway when I when I walk in. I just I kind of go by him because, you know, I was just there to grab a check. The guy comes up to the counter and he asks the uh, the guy who owns the store and there's he has two regular customers in there and he asks them, he says to them, he says, I just drove in from Wyoming. Can I can I buy cigars here? And they're like, no, we, we don't sell cigars here. And they're like, uh, but, you know, they give them directions down the street to a cigar shop down the street. So obviously me having been in Wyoming in September to see you, I, I just say, oh, you know, where in Wyoming are you from? And he says Cody, which I have no fucking clue where that is. And I was like, way, oh. way east. Okay. Way east. Like so, all the way on the other side of the, the, the state. So he, so, you know, I say to him, well, I was out in Jackson in, in September visiting a buddy. He's like, oh, cool. And so they give him directions to the cigar shop. He, uh, he's like, you know, I appreciate your guys' help. I'm going to buy some wine while I'm here. So he starts milling around the store. We'll get back to him. The two regular customers that are in the store, one of them I kind of know just because I've, I've run into him there from time to time. He's a chatty dude. The other one I don't. The one I don't know, go ahead. I'm saying Okay, my bad. I, I must be just getting feedback, you know, now that I've yeah. turned your mic up and can hear you. The re- finally. Turn, the re- turn the reverb down. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, the guy I don't know is at the counter and I'm writing out my check and he... Uh, he mentions in passing that some dude just came and dropped off like 
50 pounds of venison at his shop. And I just make an off the cuff comment like, oh man, I got to get my hand on hands on some venison. I'd love to, to cook with some. And he's like, you want some venison? He's like, I got a pound of ground venison that's all wrapped up in butcher paper right now. I, I live right down the street. Like, can you wait? I'll go get it. I'm like, sure. And sure enough, he leaves, runs down the street. While he's gone, the big dude that walked in right before me comes to the counter. And so at this point, I'm just waiting for the other guy to come back. So I just, you know, making small talk. I said, you know, what are you, what are you doing in Connecticut from Wyoming? It's like, oh, I've got some friends out here. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. And he's like, yeah, I actually, uh, I spent some time in New England uh, after college. Like, oh, neat. You know, and he goes just casually. He just casually goes, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I played for the New England Patriots. I was like, what? And then I, I said to him, I said, why, unfortunately? And he goes, well, you know, we just, we weren't very good back then. And we weren't as good as, as they are now. And so I say to him, I said, obviously being a lifelong Patriots fan, knowing Patriots history, I was like, yeah, they sucked for a while. And he was like, well, actually in, in 1976, you know, we were one win away from the Super Bowl, And I know the game he's talking about. And it was, it's a famous game in Patriots history. And I said, yeah, you guys lost to the Raiders, right? And he's like, yeah, you know, your history. I'm like, well, you know, my grandfather had season tickets from 1965 to 2009. You know, I grew up going to the games. You know, I, I'm a pretty big Patriots fan. He goes, oh, that's that's cool. He's like, uh, yeah, I played during the Grogan era. And I said, you, you don't mind me asking, what's your name? And he says, Russ Francis. Now, Russ Francis is like, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not like a, a legend or anything, but he was a very, very good Patriots player. He was a tight end for like a long time in the 70s and 80s. So I'm like, I fucking know who Russ Francis is. And I'm like, so I shake the dude's hand. You know, we chat for a couple minutes and he's like, hey, you know, call your grandfather and thank him for, for you know, supporting us back then. We weren't very good. And I'm like, yeah, sure thing, man. So he leaves and then this dude comes back with a sure shit, a, a wrapped pound of, of uh, ground venison. And uh, so it's a very like interesting, like 25 minutes of my life in terms of meeting a guy who's like, you know, very well-known Patriots player back in the day and then being gifted. And I traded the guy a sample bottle uh, I had in my trunk for, for the ground venison. And so uh, I put that on my Instagram story to which you responded and the idea started, started churning. And uh, so, yeah, I've, I've now fleshed out the entire recipe. I know what I'm doing. This Sunday dinner is the most ambitious one I've done yet. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do ravioli filled with venison, sausage, uh, ricotta, parmigiano, spinach, and then we're gonna we're gonna uh, do a uh, um, a sage brown butter for a sauce. And then I uh, was looking up sauces online, and I saw one for you know I saw a recipe for truffle butter. And I didn't really want to use truffle oil because like truffle oil is, is, you know, it, depending on what, what kind you buy, the origins of it are not like great, but like black truffles are not the easiest thing to come by. You know, if you don't have like a, a restaurant or know somebody with a restaurant or whatever, and this is all coming together yesterday. So I hit up the dude who owns the bar I bartend at. And I was like, Hey, John, like, where can I find a black truffle by Sunday? And he's like me. It was like, it was like a drug deal. It was like, how much do you need? And so I kind of told him what, how much I needed or what I needed it for. 
And he was like, yeah, one tuber should do you. And I was like, great, I'll come down and pick it up on Friday night. So as soon as you and I are done recording this, I'm going to shoot down there and pick up my uh, black market black truffle. And, and uh, you know, we'll see how this, this dish all comes together. So the black truffles, you know, I've, I've been watching some Anthony Bourdain shit, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, the episode on Montreal, the, mm -hmm. the two guys, the, the one guy that carries around the black truffle. Oh, yeah, sure. Every, everywhere that he goes. Yep. That, but uh, what the fuck is the deal with a black truffle? Because I, I know nothing. So truffles are like. Is it a shroom? Yeah, well, it's a type of fungus. So it's like in the it's in like the the mushroom family. Um, but basically, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I I know a little bit about about truffles, but they grow like they grow like at the base of trees. Um uh and so like the thing about it is there are certain types of truffles which you can um it almost looks like ginger. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it, it, it does, almost they looks, like shave it off like ginger. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shave it. Yeah, there's a special. I had to buy. I bought a fucking a truffle shaver. There's like a specific thing you use to to shave truffles with. Would that set you back? What's oh no, I got shaver go? Well, so like you can buy like an expensive one for like 45 bucks. That's got like a wood handle and shit. I just bought a stainless steel one. It was like 10 bucks. It was, it, I am. I don't anticipate having truffles around so often that I need like a very fancy truffle shaver. I just, you know, doesn't seem like something that I'm going to have to go ahead and say that you're going to need to put new like thoughts in your head. Cause you want to be always around black truffles. Right. But do you know how much black truffles cost? They're not, like, they're not put, exactly put, fucking cheap either. All right. So what, how much are you spending on your, your, uh, I, so I don't know. Yet. So I texted him today and I was like, or I texted him yesterday. I'm like, just tell me what I owe you and I'll, and I'll pay you. And he hasn't, I get, I got to go down there. I imagine he's going to give me a couple to choose from and then, and then charge me for it. But I looked online. If you want to order them online, they're 80 bucks an ounce. And like, I listen, I don't know how much a truffle weighs, but like, they're pretty dense. So I imagine they're, they're, you know, 80 bucks for something that's this big is, is, you know, we're talking drug prices here. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, as far as drugs go, that's a cheap ounce, but as far as not that I would know for any reason, but you know, as far as food costs to spend $80 on something, I don't even know how long they keep. Like, I don't know if I can just keep it in my fridge for forever, but um, yeah, they grow underground, like I'm on the Wikipedia oaks, hazelnut, cherry, and other deciduous trees are harvested late in autumn, winter. Basically it's like places that have like, um, almost like, like high humidity, but then cool off into the fall. And that's how they form. Where, so do they are like, where do they grow? Black truffles are in, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, they come from mostly France. I think they grow in the United States somewhere too um new zealand australia the the most expensive ones are white truffles those grow i think almost exclusively in northern italy northwestern italy in piemonte where where you know we've gone on vacation a couple times so that region is famous for white truffles they're called alba white truffles and alba is the city that we stay in when we're there alba every year i think it's in october has like a two-week truffle festival where people come in from all over the world and you know look at and buy white truffles and like those things are stupid expensive let me see how much a white truffle costs white, white truffle 
cost. Right now, white truffle, oh my God, 4,500 bucks a pound. It's not bad. That's not terrible. You know, honestly, if these things kept, like if you could like, like buy them and keep them for forever, it's not a bad investment to buy white truffles, you know? But like yeah, no the interest, the thing about those, the thing about truffles though, for the most part is they can't, you can't cultivate them. Like, so white truffles only grow in Alba. You can't, people have tried to grow them, like get them to grow elsewhere and it just doesn't work. So that's part of why they're so expensive and so rare. But uh, so I'm excited. This dish is um, the most ambitious culinary dish I, I've, I've done to date. And uh, it's either going to be awesome or it's going to fucking suck. But, you know, as long as I make it look good for Instagram, no one will know other than me. So it's who cares, right? Yeah, exactly. Who the fuck cares? So um, that's kind of so how my the, week uh, went, Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, so the Pats guy, I mean, are you just boys with uh, with old Franny or what? Yeah, Russ Francis. That's my hey, boy now. Did, did you, it would have been a lot cooler if it was a different R Francis, um, Ron Francis. But That would have been uh, cool. Ronnie Francis, you know, that would have been a cool one too. Ronnie franchise. But he's in Seattle, I think. Pretty oh, sure is that the, does he work out there? I think he's the GM of of the Kraken. I'm pretty sure. Um but uh it, spe- speaking of Patriots news, uh Tom Brady has retired from football and you know, that's uh tough. Probably Yeah, shit. I guess we witnessed I mean, how about that? We grew up in the Tom Brady era. Like, we saw his whole – like, we were alive and well for his whole tenure. How about this, Benny? As, as a diehard Patriots fan, you know, they're, they're, I was listening to a Barstool podcast earlier this week, and they were like, you know, you really don't become a sports fan until you're, like, 12, 13 years old. Like, that's when you start to, like, actually give a shit and understand sports, you know? The Patriots won their first Super Bowl when I was 12, and now I'm 32. So literally my entire life as a sports fan, like an avid sports fan has been watching Tom Brady. Like, yeah, I was old. I was, I was alive when, during some of the lean years for the Patriots, I went to the games. Obviously I don't remember much about them, but my entire adult life has been, has been Tom Brady. So, you know, and it was just, it was hilarious to see my little brother who's going to be 19 and, fuck a week week from tomorrow um he was all pissed off because brady didn't say anything to the patriots and the patriots fans and in, in his retirement uh uh post and he's like all flipping out i was like dude the fuck like first of all the guy doesn't owe us anything like he doesn't and not not only that like he did his whole thank you thing when he left the patriots and he's obviously yeah. gonna retire a patriot and all that you know he's gonna he's gonna sign a one-day contract and retire a patriot he's gonna go into the hall of fame as a patriot like Oh, you think so? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I hope. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, um, how could he not? How could he not? You know? What did Favre go in as? Is he a Packer? Yeah. Whatever he bounced around after. Yeah, it had to be. I mean, he played for Minnesota and the oh. Jets. He, he definitely went in as a Packer. Um. But, uh, yeah, so, in, listen, interesting week. Uh, how, was, uh, how was your week, buddy? What are you up to? Where are you at right now? You're in Southern Costa Rica? Yeah, I'm in um, – actually, speaking of Tom Brady, I'm, I'm, in, I'm where he uh, – him and Giselle come hang out in, oh, in wow. uh, S- Santa Teresa. 
Actually, we're just down down the way right now in Montezuma, but we were in Santa Teresa at the beginning of this week. Mm. And um, besides that, saw some monkeys on the beach today when we were walking here. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, not not too too much. Actually, went to one a very funny gym this morning. Okay. It was a little concrete pad, and it just had all these, like, uh, metal body weight things. So, like, there was a thing to do rows, and there was a thing to do <laughs> – there was, like, a spin bike, and there was um, a strider and an elliptical yep. and uh, some uh, push press yep. and a pull, a pull thing. And it, it, was, it, was, it was actually quite comical. Um, we had a good time. But yeah, been getting the swell on lately. Nice. Um, Looking swell so, for the wedding. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, besides that, I guess counting down to uh, counting down to that. That's that the next far, big man. thing. We actually didn't bring it up last week. Kind of slipped my mind. My hungover fog um, was that I came to the realization that Ben and I are going to be together for the two-year anniversary episode of this podcast we will be together in california for it uh that first weekend in march for uh hans's wedding so i mean you know kind of funny the way the universe works uh you know because she she had to push push her wedding back from last year to this year and uh you know if that didn't happen you know this doesn't happen so just weird the way the whole universe works out I mean, that's going to be a hell of a week for content. I don't know how the podcast is going to be because we're probably got a lot of shit going on. I mean, I'm already starting to think ahead. I, uh, I committed to, to doing another wine tasting for everybody on the Thursday before the wedding. We're going to do a are bunch you, of, are you flying wine out? No, I'll just buy it there. I'll find a wine shop out there. Cause I was thinking about that, but I was like, it, I, I want to, you know, probably open like seven, eight bottles and, you know, between that and the pasta maker, that'll take up literally my entire suitcase. <laughs> I'll have to fly with my suit in my lap and everything else in a backpack. So um, I'll just buy wine out there. Now, Ben, <laughs> I've hit a bit of a, of a moral quandary, let's call it. Okay. So as anybody who's been listening and you've been, you've been knowing, like I've been on this like kind of insatiable path to continue to make pasta and all these cool dishes and learn how to do all this stuff. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting better and, and learning more and more every day. So as I was the other day, after I decided what I was going to do this weekend, I started to kind of like watch some YouTube videos on, you know, making ravioli and, and, you know, other kinds of stuff, pasta. Cause at first I wasn't sure if I was going to do tortellini or, or ravioli. And I stumble onto this dude who, whose voice I recognized and I couldn't put two and two together. It took me a while. And I finally figured it out this guy, Evan funky. Okay. Evan Funky is a uh, a master pasta maker from America who learned in Bologna in Emilia Romagna uh, from an eight time winner of the best pasta in the world. Um, so this guy, his YouTube videos, he doesn't have a ton, but he's like kind of featured in some. It's incredible. He does literally everything by hand, right? So like when he's yeah, rolling, he out, like rolls it with the big long pin and yeah, makes it. Like, yep, yeah. the the mattarello. So. I'm so I'm like, oh, I'm watching this guy's video. He's making tortellini by hand. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, you know, I can figure it out with my machine. And he's like, 
don't fucking use pasta machine. And he starts going into all the scientific reasons why like a pasta machine is not the proper way to make it. And so it's just shit all over me, right? Because I love my pasta machine. Oh, my God. And now I'm conflicted because I want to do it the proper way. I've watched a ton. I bought his book. I got his book right here, American Sfolino. So the problem for me is I don't have a kitchen that's big enough to justify having a fucking 40-inch wood stick to roll out pasta with. So, All right. Well, I think you need to start manifesting. The, the, a big ass kitchen oh that's gonna life. that's gonna happen we, we, that we will get there and you know not for um, nothing honestly dude like i know this funky guy you're talking about and i think he's full of shit to be quite right. honest like Have you seen i the think pasta he makes aaron shut the fuck up <laughs> all right i'm trying aaron i think you should make pasta with the jackhawk 9000 <laughs> for as long as you need to until you can get the fucking the Monticello pin to fucking whip it up on your kitchen table. Right. Well, so that's, I mean, honestly, the, the point I was going to get at was that like, you know, for what we're going to do in California, for how much pasta we're going to have to make, like we got to use the yeah, machine. This is going to be a, this is going to be a fucking assembly line. Yeah, dude. I mean, we're going to be cooking for like 10 people, maybe more like, so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be me, you and Toby running a kitchen We're it's, we're going to be professional chefs for a day. Yeah, and, I'm, uh, I'm trying to figure out if I want to get my chef's hat uh, out here or if I should wait until I get there. To... <laughs> we should probably go get full sleeve tattoos, too, in the meantime. Yep. Um, and then we definitely got to get a grab a quick uh, heroin addiction and yep. then um, a kilo of cocaine and a shitload of booze. Because I mean, like I like I told you, I've been reading a lot of Anthony Bourdain and that's pretty much all it really takes to become. That's a how chef. you become a chef. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do drugs, smoke cigarettes, get tattoos, drink a ton. Everything's great. Um, that just doesn't. And, 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 and sauce and sauce. Just as a quick aside, Ben, it's funny you say that because like, obviously that's a, it, it's a, it's a running stereotype among chefs, but like, you know, in the kitchens I've worked in and the restaurants I've worked with over the years, it's amazing how many fucking people like fit that description. Like, like dude, the, the, the bar, I, the bar I bartend at, we have a kitchen and, and we, you know, our head chef is from France now, Olivier, that piece of shit. I'm going to have to see him to get my truffle later, but you know, and he's, he's very by the book, very French trained, runs his kitchen like a Frenchman. But prior to that, the amount of people we had come through our kitchen, just that totally fit that description in one way, shape or another, like, it is unbelievable how spot on that is. Like we had a kid who for sure had a drug problem and a wicked drinking problem who was from like the bowels of Louisiana. He had such a heavy accent. I'll never forget. There was one time I was done bartending. He was done cooking. I was sitting in one of the uh, booths at our place, drinking, having a drink. He's sitting next to me having a drink and he starts talking and he talks for uh, probably about two and a half minutes straight without taking a break. And he finally stops and I look over at him and I just go, Steve, I have no idea what the fuck you just said. Because it just with between his heavy <laughs> accent and the amount of alcohol he consumed, I had no fucking clue what the guy was talking about. And like that was our head chef for a little while. So you're absolutely right, Benny. Um, That's what we're gonna need to do. And, and and the other thing that dude, I straight up quit coaching hockey and being in the game of hockey because mm. I was kind of tired of being indoors, like in a hockey rink. Sure. And like, 
call me crazy, but <laughs> a hockey rink is not a very like claustrophobic indoor arena. No. So I'm like, dude, I can't be in here anymore. I could not even fucking begin to describe what it would feel like to be in a kitchen oh. for a long period of time for a night, hot as shit. Like, I don't like hot, and I don't like small spaces. Not for you then, buddy. <laughs> like, although, although I, I there, there are some restaurants that have pretty big open kitchens, but like ours, yeah, ours is tiny. I, you would I, hate it. I right and and i think the majority you know yes there's there's also houses that are big and spacious too yep, but they're right. few and far between and you got to pay for them so right. um yeah so far i mean yeah i guess props to anybody who's because i love eating food at restaurants yeah but the, and you know not not for nothing benny the good news for us is the airbnb we have for the wedding big open kitchen with a huge island in the middle, which is, you know, going to be, that's going to be our station. So is it granite or marble? Um, we need to figure that I'm out. pulling, I'm pulling up the picture right now. In all honesty, the, you know, we'll, we'll probably have to get a piece of plywood to lay down. And uh, <laughs> because Evan Funky says you can only cook it. You can only do it on wood. It looks like granite, but I mean, dude, the, this island's like eight fucking feet long. It's ridiculous. It's not fucking really showing that great, but um, oh God, we're going to turn this place into an assembly line. The fact that they have all black cabinets, though, not great because we're going to be slinging flour all over this yeah. fucking kitchen. It's going to look like it's going to look like a. It's going to look like I was going to say, look like col some Colombian <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's going to look like a, scar a scene out of Scarface. But hey, man, say say la vie, bro, say la vie. So what's uh, what's you know annual or annual weekly checkup? What's uh, next on the docket for you? You're traveling tomorrow, right? Yeah, actually heading to the cloud forest. So we're going to go see. Oh my god, dude! There's an ant that's like an inch and a half long, right by me. Um, th the jungle is fucking wild, by the way. Yeah, no shit. Like, no joke. There's just some creepy shit, and there's massive spider webs. And like I, I told that story about the giant yep. spider that one time. Well, I mean, there's they're everywhere. Like, it, it's 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 kind of uh, sketchy. Like, even like walking down to the beach, you're like, I'm like, every step you take is like, uh, okay, is there snakes, spiders, <laughs> insects that will bite me? um lemurs fucking wallabies fucking wombats i don't know what the fuck you know it's just like but uh yeah so you're heading so deeper going, into the jungle yeah so yeah 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 exactly that's that was kind of my thought process just there like i'm i'm kind of fucked in these next couple of days but wish me the best i think i'm gonna do a zip line we're gonna Sick. do a zip line tour and then uh Head back to the beach after that. Back to the beach. Um, hey, you been doing any surfing? Uh, not a ton. Not really. Just kind of been chilling. Uh, we rented an ATV for a few days, and we were going all over the place, actually checking some waterfalls. We went to a few different waterfalls that were pretty badass. Um, but, yeah, besides that, just it's expensive as shit here. So yeah. being, mind, being mindful. Um. Market market started coming back a little bit, so that's uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not out of the process yet. But we're, we're yeah, yeah. the door, dude. Yeah. 
I mean, it is, it is wild. Obviously, you know, I, I don't have nearly as much money in it as you have, and I'm a little bit more diversified. So I haven't been getting, I've been getting killed, but I haven't been getting like completely cleaned out, but to look at my account accounts, which are down probably about 45% since like October. I was like, going to say, yeah, right, right around 50. It's a little disheartening. <laughs> But hey, I mean, dude, listen, not for nothing from God damn, I've been saying not for nothing a ton lately. Um I uh I uh was thinking about it the other day, going back to you know when when this podcast first started and you know when we were you know when I was a very noobish um uh investor, like this kind of shit that's been happening these last couple of weeks would have made me fucking panic two years ago, where I would be you know, freaking out, selling, moving positions into something else, trying to catch something on the uptick, like, you know, doing all this stupid shit. In all honesty, I've been checking my account like two or three times a day just to see what's going on. And then that's it. I haven't even been touching it. I mean, I've been buying a little bit more lately. You know, unfortunately, I'm a little cash poor at the moment because I had to buy a suit and a fucking flight and, and an Airbnb all within the last two weeks. So, you know, trying to be a little conservative, um, but and a black truffle for $80 an ounce. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just looking at him like, well, that sucks. It'll come back eventually. So, you know, I guess that's the difference. That's the growth. Yeah. Um, I hear you. Guess what I did today? What? I bought two Joe Burrow, um, PSA rated 10 rookie cards. Sweet. For, for 800 bucks a piece. <laughs> a piece? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. So you're basically banking on the uh, Bengals winning the Super Bowl. Well, I'm thinking. In them at like 300 bucks in the last week. I was pulled last week. Like, just thinking. But either way, if he wins a Super Bowl, he'll be the only player to ever win right. a national championship, the Heisman and a Super Bowl. Yeah. So whatever, we'll sit on those for a little bit. I also told you I've been on the LaMelo ball. Um, <laughs> I have like six LaMelo ball rookie cards now. Um, so I guess I'm just, you know, it's like when, when you're getting shit, your shit fucking pushed in, um, in one spot, it's like, you know, it's open up some other, uh, some other avenues. So I'm going for, you know, I loved cards when I was a little kid. Sure. And uh, I think um, this is where I'm going. But this time around, I'm only doing PSA shit. Like I'm only doing certified, right? Like right. rated, uh, graded cards. Well, did you see? Did you see what happened with uh, Logan Paul and his Charizard card? Yeah, actually, no, no. It was uh, he bought a whole box of Pokemon. Oh, that's right. That's right. And I, I think that was a, I think that was a, I don't think that was real. No, I think he did that for content. Stunt. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. I watched some of the shit. Oh, I just, dude. I, think, I, I don't know why that just made me think of this. So I started watching this documentary on Netflix last night called um, the Tinder swindler. You haven't happened to watch it. Have you? No, no. Oh, okay. I'm not completely done with it yet, but I don't have, I I've seen enough to know. To, to get the gist of it this fucking dude right this is all in europe he matches with this girl apparently he did this to a handful of girls but he matches with this girl like kind of like gets her to fall in love with him he's like like supposedly this like super rich 
son of a billionaire, this diamond billionaire son. And, you know, he's got this jet set lifestyle. Don't, where don't, the, don't, doesn't, don't rich people know that they're only on Raya. They're not on, they're not on fucking poor Tinder. <laughs> it's a good point. I mean, it's fucking a pr- pretty fucking good point. Um, or at least hinge for God's sakes. Um, so this dude, you know, has this like jet setter lifestyle. And so he goes on a first date with this girl. They meet for coffee. She lives in London. She's from Norway. She lives in London. He meets her for coffee. And then he's like, Hey, I have business in Bulgaria. Like, will you, like, do you want to come with me to Bulgaria today? We're flying private. So flies private to Bulgaria with this girl, you know, they hang out for the day, they hook up, whatever. She goes home to London. Right. And then continues, he continues on with it until like a month later, he like asked her to be his girlfriend or whatever. And and he asked her to move in with him. And then all of a sudden he come, he has this like story about getting, you know, uh, uh, his bodyguard getting stabbed and these guys are after him. These are his enemies they are after him and his Amex cards. He can't use them anymore because, you know, they can trace his Amex cards and where he is and they're going to keep. And he, long story short, he gets this girl to take out $250,000 worth of loans to pay for his jet setting lifestyle all over Europe all summer long. And then just fucking sticks her with the bill. <laughs> writes her a check, writes her a check at the end of it for half a million dollars that never cashes. Wow. You wonder <laughs> like, and that's, that's the whole thing, dude. It's like, uh, I just was reading something the other day. And it was about, um, oh, it was, it was like about some kid, like, talking about, he was talking about, like, Gucci and Louis Vuitton. And he basically was saying that, did you know that those brands are not even marketed to wealthy people? Because that doesn't they're, surprise me. Not, they're not for wealthy people. They are, they are marketed to poor people to make them think that they are wealthy. Mm. So like, if you have the Louis Vuitton purse, you know, it's like you got, oh yeah, I got a $2,000 right. handbag. Right. Where, whereas like a real rich person's gonna have like a Birkin, which is like, right. you know, a hundred K or um, even a million. Like, you yeah. know, I think th- there's a few of them and each one's handmade. So it's like, all these people walking around and they're like they're Louis and they're Gucci and all their shit. And it's like, dude, do you know what rich people wear? They wear custom. They don't, they, they, there's nothing on it. There's no, there's no, no tags, no labels, there's no tags, no labels. It's fitted to them. It's probably some material that you never fucking heard of. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, and it leads back to like, we talk about every single damn episode, which is just the, you know, the insane amount of like, <clears throat> you know, the, the capitalism that we are, you know, just like force fed. That's what I'm trying to say. Keeping up with the Joneses, man. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, and listen, don't get me wrong. I I played into it for a long time, you know, and. Well, I I don't think there's, there's also another way to play into it. It's like, people are so bad with this shit that if you can get something like, you know, you're talking about that yeah. hype beast era, mm-hmm. you can get something and then keep it perfect. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, it ends up being valuable because then the person who, 
you know is extra into that stuff is yeah. going to pay more sure. for an exclusive there, there's you know, there's whatever. there's a collectability and a value accruing nature to a lot of that stuff because of the limited nature of it in the sense that like a you know a pair of sneakers that the nike air yeezy ones well there's only three thousand pairs of those those are never getting made again so that you know that alone gives it exclusivity where with a louis vuitton bag i mean I got to run down to the bar to get this truffle. I guarantee you, I see three people there with Louis Vuitton bags. Like, you know, it's, it's not, you know, they're expensive, but that doesn't make them exclusive. There's, there's a big difference there. And, you know, not for nothing, Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy and is a publicly traded fucking company. Like right. they got shareholders to answer to. I mean, so is Nike, <laughs> but, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Right. But I was almost more thinking like the, you know, like the Louis Vuitton, but you know supreme collaboration like something sure. like that yeah, yeah you yeah, know sure so i mean yeah in all aspects of of whatever what do you call well, it like Street, in their- streetwear but yeah i get that and the best part about that is you know besides the fact that you know a couple of them may be yale students um chances are they put that on a credit card and there's they have in their Louis Vuitton bag is sitting their phone that shows their credit account that has, you know, five grand on sure. it that they can't pay right now. So it's like, well, and, and actually I was going to say they're like, and, and not for nothing, damn it. There are, there are like things that Louis Vuitton has made over the years that are like very valuable, accrue value. Like oh, Louis, totally. Louis Vuitton trunks, dude. I'm looking at Louis Vuitton trunks right now. They 128, are 120 G's. Some the, of them. the low end is 2,500, the high end 73 grand, but they're every price point in between. Yeah. Every price point in between. And, and, but just like, and then, but then, you get, then again, it's like what the most expensive ones are from way back in the day. Yeah. Like the 1910s. Popped up. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're talking things that are 100 years old. So, like, they're realistically like buying a piece of art. But, um, man, this podcast never ceases to amaze me. We go from talking no. about venison ravioli to Louis Vuitton trunks in this episode. <laughs> That's what they call range, baby, or a lack of under, a lack of full understanding of anything. So just bounce around and, and only cover the surface of a bunch of things, you know? Um, but, no, it's all meant to be. I mean, shit, it's the truth behind it. It's, uh, sure. Um, I didn't buy a Lamborghini, um, but I've been on vacation for four months now, right. you know, um, pick your spots. Bro, you've been so on vacation like, for longer than four months. Who the fuck are you kidding? <laughs> you've been on this vacation for four months. Um, yeah, shit. I think I might still get a Lambo anyway, because I like them, but an old one. Kuntash. an old Kuntash, yeah those things are yeah. are super cheap and easy and affordable and probably wicked easy to fix like can't imagine yeah. that's a problem at all um all right let's wrap this because i'm gonna go get my fucking i'm gonna go pick up my black market truffle episode uh 101 102 whatever we're on now uh brought to you by loyalty liquors hosted by us hey do you want to start over should we just call this like two episode two yeah, no, because really that's gonna get confused. That's gonna get confusing yeah, right. when I when I put them up. But we could talk about that. We'll talk about that when we're together, because that'll be like hey, episode. Let's five. actually let's bring that up to the next board meeting. Okay. Yeah, we gotta hit up Trev and, and see what he thinks. Um, yeah. 
anyways, that's the show. Benny, great chat. Love you. Love you, bro.